Welcome to the My Rules of Better podcast. I'm Tom Barbelay. If the tomba of the room sounds a little different, it's because I am recording in my wife's quilting room, which has become my satellite office space through the lock-in period. Oh, my voice is messed up tonight. I'm sorry about my voice, but I thought it was important to record a podcast to talk about a couple of incidental ideas, which really I had when I recorded the last podcast, but because I don't formalize these things, I really should write down notes and stuff. If I wrote down notes, I would have both these topics in the last podcast, but maybe it's good just to have another podcast for you to listen to. So apologies that I didn't write written notes and then get to these topics last recording. The first is associated with miniature painters, and I received uh, email correspondence from Paul Brian Hancock. I'm not sure if Paul listens to this particular podcast. Long-time podcast listener, I've had the opportunity on one occasion, but one occasion, to meet Paul Brian Hancock and his wife Sophie when, oh my goodness, let's set our minds back, 2011 Model Rail Radio Barbecue, Hallett Cove, South Australia, just outside of Adelaide. Paul and Sophie attended because at the time they were model, well, Paul at least was a model rail radio listener. He then went on to listen to a wide variety of other podcasts. In any case, Paul contacted me because he and I both backed a Kickstarter maybe two and a half years ago that was making pirates specific to a particular writer. Now, here's where if I had written notes, things would get a lot better. Anyway, a pirates Kickstarter we both got the same models. I had mine painted through a laborious narrative, which, uh, you know, I'll humor you. I'll give it to you now. However, Paul Brian Hancock has not painted his yet. So he contacted me associated with what my experiences have been with this miniature painting thing. With regards to these pirates specifically, so let's take a step back here. Three years ago now, two and a half years ago, at the end of the Attic Aficionados season one, podcast recording, I brought some miniatures down from my attic, opened up the miniature case and thought, why don't I do this again? Why don't I have miniatures painted again? Because this was something that clearly was very impactful for me. So I think I contacted Kirill Kenev, who was responsible for a majority of my... Well, he wasn't really. Kirill Kenev was responsible for half a dozen miniatures that I had that were of a really high standard of painting. And also, he was someone who went on after he did painting for me to teach painting to a number of other painters. He's a kind of seminal intellectual fellow. I know our listener Ron Kleiss posted photos of Kirill giving a demonstration, and he does this all over the world about a wide variety of things, textures, cloth. The guy is just a polymath, but just puts it all into miniature painting. Anyway, so Kirill said, sorry, I'm in the process of retiring but there's this site, puttyandpaint.com. You can go to Putty and Paint. So I went to Putty and Paint. I found four painters from there, and each of those painters I no longer use for a variety of different reasons. Mm, poor painting quality, not following like basic instructions. But in the case of two painters, the fact that they couldn't actually send me the miniatures through the post, like when the miniatures arrived, they were packed really poorly and broken and chipped and... When you pay a lot of money to have miniatures painted, ugh, anyway. So one of these two painters that I no longer deal with recommended a painter in Aptos, which is close to me, very close in fact, um, just outside the range of comfortable driving distance though. So everything, all my dealings with this person has come through sending miniatures to him and vice versa. So he recommended a student of his 
who was looking to get into commission painting, and I provided a wide variety of miniatures to her, maybe 30-plus miniatures to her. Uh, physically, she actually came and saw me at Netflix, gave her the miniatures, all good. So then about nine months went past, and a variety of different things happened, including she got married and a bunch of other stuff, but it was clear she just wasn't really painting the miniatures. She sent me a few photos and what have you, and this included, I should point out, this group of pirates that Paul Brian Hancock and I both shared. So after about nine months plus, the fellow who I still work with in Aptos, in part through his humility through this process, took the miniatures back, finished them off, and sent them to me. So I have the pirate miniatures painted. Anyway, in addition to the Paul Brian Hancock story of woe, my recommendation to Paul was, because he lives in Hong Kong, that he checks out the eBay listings in Hong Kong for miniature painting studios, because there are a number that still sell through eBay, and that gives you a best idea of the local painters and their quality. And they're pretty good. They're pretty expensive, but they're pretty good. So good trade-off, perhaps. And I don't know anything about working with these people. I don't know anything about how, you know, their work ethic and this kind of stuff. But really, with miniature painting, that's what it came down to with me. It translated basically to miniature painters who I could work with that were more than just individual figure painters that painted armies preferably, but just had a really good work ethic. So in parallel to doing the putty and paint challenge and going through all the... I worked with a company called Frontline Painting that was basically a broker for me. I sent them stuff. They found miniature painters. They put the miniatures in front of the miniature painters. And this really was a very tortured experience as well. This was not a pleasant experience. Thankfully... The, well, there were a series of reasons for this, but the main reason for this is left. In fact, I think Frontline has just changed fundamentally. I think the folks in San Diego have sold it off, and you know, I don't know what it is anymore. Anyway, it's changed fundamentally. So through doing this, I found a miniature painter in Virginia who I love liked working with, and he now has a majority of my miniatures. This fellow in Aptos has a smaller number. But coming into this COVID-19 thing... I wanted to make sure that these people had work, right? I have, through a variety of different circumstances, have maintained work through this period of time. It's not really ideal. <laughs> Having to, anyway, it would be nice to have more time, more independent free time, but it does mean that I'm continuing to work through this period of time. And I felt it's really important to make sure that the miniature painters, uh, the fellow in Aptos, and the fellow in Virginia are, you know, have worked through this time as well, because the nature of miniature painting is, I don't know, relatively ethereal. Now, funnily enough, both these folk have reputation sufficient that they have good work through this period as well, independent of my work, well, including my work. But I thought it was something really important to me to make sure that these two folk were painting while I was working, and that the curious nature of whatever's going on currently didn't impact them too heavily in a sense that, you know, they didn't have work, basically. And in the case of the fellow who lives close to me, Aptos, he has children. So he's not really, you know, he's, in fact, if anything, taking more time with his kids, perfectly understandable, less time with the miniature painting, fine with that. But I just wanted to make sure that everything was set up. So through my lockdown period, you know, they would at least be working away too. And what I found through this is a company called Badger Games, because I've placed a few choice orders through Badger Games. They have an amazing stock in the US of particularly eclectic UK miniature manufacturers, which I think is just 
absolutely untouchable. And they've been really good. I mean, there have been some flubs with regards to some of the shipping, but they fixed those flubs and, you know, just the fact that they have stock of stuff. So Otherworld Miniatures is a favourite line of mine, in particular Kev Adams within that. You can't get the stock that, that Badger Games has from Otherworld Miniatures anymore. So Badger Games has a stock of Otherworld Miniatures that Otherworld Miniatures doesn't have. <laughs> they also have Offensive Miniatures, which is, a, a, I think, a single sculptor coming out of Stockport, just near Manchester in Cheshire, effectively my spiritual home, where I will return to one day. And I really like his stuff as well. I've never been able to get Offensive Miniatures. I've never justified it. I've had them in the cart and just, you know, it's just like, eh. But when I realised that Badger had some Offensive Miniatures... I went in there and picked up some interesting offensive miniatures because, yeah, I just wanted to see their stuff. So, you know, Badger is an interesting experience service process as well. I think for now, at least, the mail service through the US is okay. I've not tried any international mail and all my Kickstarter stuff and everything associated with that is all locked down at work. So I've got parcels, thankfully, fewer than I had previously, but occasional Kickstarter parcels apparently are going to the work address and because of the way this thing works there's very little I can do about that sometime in however many weeks or months or whatever I will hopefully one day have access to that again but for now that is out of my worrying spectrum so that is associated with miniatures and miniature painting through this period I've tamed to a certain extent my podcasting room the table I've restocked with stuff I mean I'm basically taking stuff off the floor putting it on the table, sorting it out, taking more stuff off the floor. So the floor is almost completely clear now of little plastic cases. Now the table has got the last series of that. I was really nearly absolutely ready to film on Sunday. In fact, I tried to live streaming, but unfortunately I don't have the right software and the whole thing was just like, what, you need more stuff? Why can't, why can't Google just YouTube stream the same way Google Hangouts works? I mean, all these kind of curious, like, it's not really working together stuff, which always feels very strange when a company owns all the technology. Anyway, was going to live stream, didn't live stream, was going to record something, decided just to get stuff off the floor and finish this thing once and for all. So my hope is next weekend, I'm recording on a Wednesday currently, so in a few days' time, I will clear the table and actually start video recording again. And what that will look like initially Maybe just a solo introduction to just playing chaos. Maybe it might be something else. I don't know. I don't know. It'll it'll be terrain and other stuff. But here's the thing. Here's the point I was trying to get to. I think there's going to be. Well, there already is because I've joined a bunch of Facebook groups and a bunch of other people have joined a bunch of Facebook groups. The notion of solo wargaming as a thing of rules that work for solo play. I think is a really interesting phenomena through this current period. Now, I missed out tonight, my friend Bernie Kapinski, doing a bolt-action World War II scenario over video streaming. His mic went out. There were a bunch of technical issues. I wasn't there, unfortunately. I was hoping to be there. couldn't be there. So there are folks that are doing video streaming as well as a means of trying to get through this period. But I think there's solo wargaming through this period is really fascinating. The ability to take existing rules through that and tweak them slightly to make them more applicable to solo wargaming or role-playing or whatever. The notion of solo through this period of time is something that I think is really fascinating. 
and something that I certainly have a lot of interesting ideas and feedback on. So I think my filming will be more associated with that potentially. And really in terms of, you know, my rules better, the remit for this particular recording, taking rules and manipulating them so they work for something is as much part of the remit of this recording as is creating completely new rules. So stay tuned for more on that, because I think that's going to be a very interesting expression, perhaps, of some of the ideas that are coming through this lockdown period. And apologies that it's taken me so long to get to these ideas. I think, you know, the current timing of things is just, unfortunately, things just have to happen in a set order. And I've been under a pile of, of attic stuff. So apologies it's taken me this long to get this idea of Solo uh, within the broader discussion. But yeah, my hope is to get video out associated with Solo and of course record more podcasts here associated with how you would change rules, existing rule systems to perfect them for Solo gameplay. So stay tuned for more on that. Tom Barbelay in my wife's quilting room, San Jose, California. Signing out.